0: when you're pursuing your own vision and your own life, and you're going after the wants, the love to, the desire to, I choose to, what winds up happening is there's a different level of success. It's not that you're not going to fail. You're definitely going to fail along the way, but when you do fail it, you don't even label it as a failure. It's more like, Oh, this just isn't working. How do I reframe? And how do I refocus? And you have the energy to do it and you come up with new ideas to get to the other side. And you'll notice you're the most innovative, creative, strategic, and problem-solving in your
1: purpose and in your value. Hello, I'm Jill Sutton, and welcome to Living Her Legacy, a podcast that features heart-to-heart conversations between mamas who are navigating everything that changes after having children. Right now, let's give ourselves grace to change, to let go of what no longer serves us, and unapologetically, take up space. This knowing and owning our self-worth is the key to living a fulfilled life, our best life. Don't just leave a legacy, live one. Welcome to the podcast, Carly. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm really excited to have you. Can you start with just introducing yourself? Maybe tell us who you are, where you're from and what you do. So my name is Carly Pepin and I'm from Southern California. I
0: live right outside Los Angeles and I work with individuals. They come to me when they're kind of stuck, feeling stagnant and wanting to move forward in specific areas of life to help them create a life by design around their values and purpose
1: as opposed to a life of duty. That word stuck is very like it just, I, I feel that word because I think so many times, especially as a mama, you kind of are torn between these two lives of what was prior to having kids and what your life is like now. And a lot of times it is hard to get that feeling of unstuck, right? What is something that you maybe offer? What do you see a lot of in your clients that come to you in that place?
0: Yeah. Well, that's actually a great example is where the moms who come to me, like there's this component of loving motherhood. They absolutely love it. They absolutely adore it, but still wanting to connect with that part of themselves outside of motherhood and trying to find time to balance both. Mm -hmm. And there's often a large level of guilt that moms have for disconnecting from kids, their perception of not spending enough time with their kids. And as a result, you know they kind of beat themselves up, putting themselves down, maybe comparing them to what they should, they think they should be or are supposed to be. And the cool thing is, is that the best mom that you could be (laughs) is the authentic version of you. And so if there is times when you are disconnecting from your kids, but you're more fulfilled as a result, you're more purposeful, that's gonna make an impact on what your kids see as they're growing up, as opposed to kind of how you think it's supposed to be formatted. It's giving yourself permission to live by example so that your kids too think, wow, I want to pursue an inspiring
1: life like my mom. I think sometimes we don't realize that's coming as women that are going into motherhood. It's not something that is really talked about as kind of this, um, like inner battle, I guess that you're going to, potentially face. And maybe not everybody does, but I know as a, as a, someone that was in my career, got married a little bit later, had kids even later than that. Like that was a big challenge for me to, I think overcome was that battle within me of feeling guilty for wanting to go back to work. And, but you know, flip the coin. I didn't want to go back as soon as I had to, but in our lifestyle, I did. I went back to work when my firstborn was eight weeks old at the time. And so that was Really challenging because I loved what I did, but I also felt like this isn't fair.
0: That's a really, really great point because, and, and so many times we're told as soon as we have kids, like it'll all work itself out. And it does in a certain sense because having children is such an inspiring step in life and they're so fulfilling that it really does truly work itself out to a certain degree. But as you're saying, there's still that part of you that's like, what? Oh, Did kind of want to stay home for longer. I am required to go to work, but I also do kind of want to go to work. And there's this battle within that we're not really told we're going to be facing. What winds up happening is before you have kids, like we all live by a specific set of values. We have a specific life purpose and having kids doesn't completely change it, but it kind of rearranges it in a sense. So before you had kids, you might've had a value around your, your work and your career. And then all of a sudden you have your kids and your work and career is still important to you, but it kind of got knocked down on the list and kids got prioritized. So what people don't actually understand they're walking into is they're walking into a bit of a purpose shift and a purpose transformation, because it's going to start to stack in a different way. And that is quite challenging. Whenever our purpose changes and shifts, it's actually quite challenging because we're so used to living our lives according to our, and again, I'm going to use career as an example, career Mm -hmm. was our purpose. So let's say we're so used to living our lives. according to that number one purpose it was before, that when you change and shift to a new purpose, you're actually learning how to relive your life in a new way, in a new form. And people don't realize how challenging that can be. So when that inner voice and critic comes in of the should, supposed to, it's actually part of the transition of you trying to figure out how to incorporate
1: this higher purpose in your life now. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that is something that before kids, I feel like I didn't, I didn't have to meditate or take that alone time or do a lot of self-reflection. I feel like I kind of knew myself and then, you know, and I probably would have benefited from it back then, but then, you know, fast forward and have two kids and it's kind of like, I didn't even know like who I was anymore. I felt like, what am I passionate about? I still love all these things, but yes, there has been a purpose shift. I want and, and need to be the best mom that I can be. Cause that just satisfies my soul so much, but I also love interacting with adults yeah. and still kind of doing that. So I think one of the things that's really hard to do is to maybe even start creating that time. And maybe that's, that's most likely where you come in as a coach to be being more mindful of ourselves and self-reflecting. Is there like an exercise or a tool that you maybe use with people or something that someone can start doing just to, just to get ideas rolling of like, what is, what are my values? What is something that I'm more focused on now?
0: Yes, absolutely. So the thing is, is that we're actually investing our time in the things that are most important to us. We're investing our money in the things that are most important to us. The coolest thing is, is like, if you look at your bank account and you break it down, I'm going to see whatever you're spending the most on is what's most valuable for you. And people might say, well, Carly, it's my bills and my mortgage and all that stuff. Well, my mortgage and my bills are lower than some of my other Expenses, right? I actually put more money into savings every month than I spend on my mortgage. So I have a really high value on finances and wealth building. So your bank account will show me what you value most. That's going to show me what's most important to you. And it's cool to kind of look at that. So if every month you're spending on a beautiful home, but let's say that home represents to you having a family and building a family, then family really is the most important to you. I know some people who spend the most money every month on personal development and personal development is definitely the most important to them. Mm. I know some people who spend it on learning and education. (laughs) Um, So that's also, it's in there. So it's checking to see what you actually value most. And the other component is is like, how do you actually invest your time? We choose to invest our time daily in things that we know will support us. And you might say, hey, Carly, but I hate my job. And it's like, but you could have gotten another job. You could go somewhere else. There are people who don't even have jobs and and they move to places and different cities where there's a lower income and they're able to buy cheaper homes and they're able to live more cheaply because they really didn't like their job, but you're not doing that. So let's find out why, what does the job mean to you? What is it actually giving to you? And again, if it's supporting your family and building the family, if it's building the wealth, if you're learning something there, it's asking yourself those quality questions, because Every day of your life, you might think you're off track, but that's only because you're comparing yourself to someone or something, and maybe it could be one person or many, that you think like has, has it together with purpose or has it together and knows their purpose. And you're like, oh, it should look like that. It shouldn't look like anything except for what it's meant to look like for you, and that's why we ask those questions. Those are a couple questions. Um, in one of our workshops, we have like a whole set of questions that we take individuals through just to make sure they get very clear on it. But those are a couple questions that can bring up, I'm sure, as people are listening, some really obvious answers. So they're like, "Oh, I do this, I do this," <laughs> and you're gonna see similarities in how you invest your time, how you invest your money, and and funny enough, like even you, I mean, you're running. A, podcasts for moms and right behind you, there's a beautiful photo of you of your husband at the wedding. (laughs) So I'm going to guarantee that family is really like purposeful to you. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's evident. (laughs) Yeah, definitely one of those shifts. And I think something that maybe even started me down this path of really all encompassing of self-development and Re-establishing my values and figuring out, you know, what's important to me, was kind of that feeling of being misaligned. And just like you said, where you spend your time and money is what you're most passionate about. And if that doesn't feel aligned with you, you kind of get that like, ah, oh, I am spending my money here, but it's not doesn't feel right. Or I am spending a lot of my time here, and that doesn't feel right. And that's when it takes, you know, that kind of self-reflection of like. What do I need to change to get more aligned with who I am today?
0: And a great, another great reflection component is asking like when those shoulds, have tos, need to, must, supposed to comes in, right? Because none of that is actually what you want. If you listen to your language and you're like, I should do this, I have to do this, I need to do this you're not saying I would love to do this. I really want to do this. I choose to do this you're actually shooting yourself. So that's according again, to that comparison to someone else that you perceive has done a better job than you understands more than you. So basically what happens is whenever we do that, we actually inject their values and their purpose into our lives. And that's when we start to feel stuck because we cannot mm-hmm. move forward in someone else's life.
1: Mm-hmm. We can't,
0: we can't move forward in someone else's values. We're not Built that way. The universe is not going to assist you in having a successful life that's not your own. And so that's when failures come in, disappointments come in, unrealistic expectations, like life did not turn out the way that you thought it would. Well, that's because you weren't trying to actually pursue your own vision and your own life. When you're pursuing your own vision and your own life and you're going after the wants, the love to, the desire to, I choose to, what winds up happening is there's a different level of success. It's not that you're not going to fail. You're definitely going to fail along the way, but when you do fail it, you don't even label it as a failure. It's more like, oh, this just isn't working. How do I reframe and how do I refocus? And you have the energy to do it and you come up with new ideas to get to the other side and you'll notice you're the most innovative creative strategic and problem solving in your purpose and in your values in areas that aren't purposeful to you the shoulds have tos need to you're completely stuck you're not going to be able to get to the other side because your executive center doesn't even want you to get there and that's why it's really important to look at that language so if it's like oh i should do this a great question to ask is according To who? Because that's the individual or individuals that you've labeled as the person that knows better than you. And the truth is only you know better in your own values and your purpose. The only person that is best to compare to is your own actual mission. How am I doing on my own mission?
1: I love how you said that being able to find a way or not see as a negative when we have a failure, because yes. Everything we try, especially something new or, or anything is going to probably end in a few failures, but we look at it as I'm just thinking through like me on this kind of creative outlet journey of doing the podcast and doing some things outside of my normal wheelhouse. And it's for me, the language is okay. I'm going to pivot. I need to like, that's not working really well, or I didn't get as good as re- results there as I did here. So I'm going to try this one again, or, you know, but it's not like, oh, that failed. I should just give up, you know, it's not that language, but you're right. Like when you have kind of that passion or you start f- stepping out into something that you feel that, yeah, you value and you're spending more time in it, it does make it easier to just kind of take those losses as not a loss as just something to learn from.
0: Yeah that's beautiful and it's beautiful cuz you see that in your own journey in like the podcasting and i know every mom sees this by the way <laughs> like what mom does not understand they have failed in a certain sense and they're like oh, okay how do i pivot how do i get to the other side i mean that's just motherhood 101 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we just want all that in other areas of life as well
1: <laughs> yeah what do you like most about working with the mama population
0: They're incredibly inspiring women. They're incredibly inspiring. They have a great value, what I've noticed on raising individuals who a lot of people want to raise individuals who make a difference in their lives and the world, they want to make a difference in someone's life, like to be a mom and to be invested as a mom. I know all moms aren't as invested, but if you are a fully invested mom, you really do want to make a difference in someone's life. So generally I see that a lot of them are service-based, want to do something. Uh, A lot of moms I've noticed to become full-time moms at a certain point when the kids are kind of ready to take care of themselves, they'll usually come to me and and it's cool. Cause then they're like, okay, well, how do I keep making a difference in people's lives? And that's usually when they start building their own businesses and doing their own things is when the kids are kind of ready to take care of themselves, but they really, truly are dedicated to making an impact on people's lives. And they're focusing right now on their kid. And when the kid doesn't need them anymore, I find that they like to focus on doing it with more than one person, which is really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Very
1: cool. How did you get started doing what you do?
0: I got started uh, my own challenges. I I feel like most coaches get started that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely my own challenges. I was living in Los Angeles and I was having a really hard time and I had a perception that it was Los Angeles as a city that was causing it. So I had an opportunity to move to Australia and I moved there for a year And in the first month that I got there, it got worse internally. And that's when I first realized that the challenges don't actually come from the outside. It comes from the inside. I found my first coach. So first coach outside of traditional therapy. And she was the first person to kind of get me aligned with what I value, my purpose. And that really, it just started to change my life, like dramatically changed my life. And that's when I decided okay, I want to do this for a living. <laughs> I'd love to do this for a living. And that's when I decided um, not even that far in probably only like three months into working with her. It was just such dramatic transformation mm-hmm. that I just had not experienced uh, ever in my life before.
1: And I was like, I want this. I want to do this. Can you tell me, cause I'm not really sure of the difference, but the difference between a therapist and a coach. I can't speak for all
0: therapists and I can't speak for all coaches because I have clients Mm -hmm. who are therapists and coaches and they're both, they're Mm. wonderful. Um, But from my personal experience, the challenge that I had with traditional therapies was we were talking about the stories a lot and the talking about it didn't make me feel any better it actually perpetuated the emotions I was having behind it. So if I was stressed about something and I kept talking about it, it just seemed to make me angrier or more stressed at a person. I still would increase the sadness because there was no solution. Mm -hmm. And with the coaching that I encountered personally, it was more about how do we transform the emotions and actually come up with a solution so that I'm not feeling sad anymore. I'm not feeling angry. I don't feel resentment. I don't have trauma anymore. You know, there's things that I had major trauma on that I could talk about and have a tear of inspiration and gratitude for a traumatic experience I went through. And other people might cringe because they're like, I can't believe like you feel that way. That's what I really wanted. And I wasn't getting that from just talking. So having those quality questions to be able to transform the mind, clear the subconscious like patterns, limiting beliefs, traumas, and really, you know, rewire the neural pathways So that, that doesn't
1: impact me anymore, mentally, physically. That was really important for me. Wow. Powerful transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that inspired you into this line of work. That's awesome. For sure. For sure. Do you have like a favorite, maybe book or mentor that you've learned from? I have so many favorite books. So my
0: suggestion is read everything that you love to read about all the subjects, find everything you can and go crazy, because those are the things that you'll take in the most, um, where like, if I told you to read something and then you read it, but it wasn't high on your values and purposeful, you're going to be like, meh, I don't want to read it. So, <laughs> um, definitely do that, but I'll still share with you my favorite mentor. So one of my favorite mentors is John D. Uh, he's, he's been truly transformational in my life and yeah, just personal and professional connection with him. Really, very grateful for him as well. He's definitely helped me a lot.
1: Yeah. Does he have a place where we can find him? Yeah, Dr. John D. Martini. I think it's just Google Dr. John D. Martini. Perfect. I I forget his website sometimes. No, that's fine. We'll add it to the show notes. (laughs) And then just a question about how does someone even get started with finding a coach like you?
0: Yeah. So, whenever you're finding a coach, it's really important to do your research, you know, definitely do your research, Um, hop on sales calls. Like, I think it's really important that you hop on sales calls and kind of experience a few here or there. There There's some very interesting sales tactics and there are great marketers and great sales individuals, but they're not always great coaches. So it's also you making sure when you're on that call, knowing that you're probably, they're going for a sale making sure that you ask questions, a lot of quality questions and go with the person that you perceive has the most evidence that can take you through the transformation. Cause there really are a lot of coaches out there. So, I mean, I do the same thing whenever I'm hiring someone, I ask a lot of questions um, and I make sure I make sure that they're a good fit. You know, I definitely mm. make sure that they're a good fit. Cause even recently um, I did say no to uh, an individual and, and they, they, sometimes they get upset because they I was like, I think you're a salesperson, <laughs> but you, I, you're you not going to be able to give me what I want. And that's okay. Yeah. So kind of doing your research in that aspect, what do you really want? And is this their specialty? And then get on the phone. You know, we all offer those phone calls to make sure because you also want to make sure you get along with the person too. Mm-hmm, you're going to be mm-hmm. spending a lot of time with them. If you get on the phone with them and you think I wouldn't spend time with them at all anyways probably not going to want to work with them because it's usually like at least an hour a week and some time in between.
1: That's what I was just going to ask you. What does it look like when you get connected with a coach? I mean, obviously everybody's different. But yes. <laughs> how about for you? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's uh it's like generally it's an hour a
0: week. And you know, I do work in packages. So we are ensuring that you get that transformation. If they have questions in between, they're connecting with me in between no so they have access to me there and that's what i'm saying it it really is a relationship so it's kind of like when it's the same when i'm on a call Uh, sales call, basically, I'm also interviewing the person to be like, is this a relationship that I want to enter in? And I think people don't realize what an intimate relationship it truly is, because you're really getting to know the person you're going to be sharing very intimate details with me. But in a coaching session, I might also be sharing intimate details with you to help you get an idea to come up with some answers to questions I ask. Yeah, so it really is. um, I mean, I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, feel like you get these great relationships and connections with your clients. I absolutely yeah. really love it. I, my clients love it, which is great. But finding that person that you really can connect with is really important because it mm. is a very intimate connection. <laughs> oh yeah. So do you do most of your stuff online? Yeah, I've been doing it online for quite some time. So I, I think I realized it was just easier for myself, easier for clients and mm-hmm you know, they could be anywhere in the world. I work with people worldwide. So it would Mm. just also be really hard for my practice to just do in person. So we do a lot of online.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What would you say your biggest satisfaction is in doing what you do?
0: Just getting to see people's lives transform and watching them become more authentic, have a greater Mm. degree of self-love, a greater degree of reflection on who they are tapping into more of kind of their potential of what they're capable of we often think day to day week to week month to month we set goals but it's just quite inspiring when you can assist individuals in realizing like they have something inside them that they'd even love to leave behind you know people don't even ask about what's your legacy what would you love to leave behind and when you can start tapping into those components, it just, you see people come alive. Mm. So I love to see that light shine through and, yeah. And hearing just every day, they're waking up more inspired. They're feeling less stressed. Like things aren't hitting them as hard, you know? So I just, I love, I love hearing those things. Yeah. It's really a gift.
1: Yeah. Leading into that, you like transition that so nicely. Um, (laughs) What does it mean to you to be living in your legacy?
0: Yeah, I, Oh my gosh, now I'm going to cry. Um, (laughs) I just can't imagine life without it. Like I really can't. That's why it's so important for me to make sure other people do it as well. I remember having a really hard time in life before all this and wondering what my purpose was and why am I even here, you know, and wondering, questioning, even if I should be alive. Mm -hmm. Right. And now I have something that I just, I just cannot wait to continue to give to people, to serve, uh, to provide more solutions. Like to me, business and scaling your business is just the opportunity to serve more people. Like Mm -hmm. what can you do? You know, what can I do? And the, the more people I serve, the more wealth I get, which is amazing. It's like, oh, that's that's it. I get to be inspired and help people and build income. That's awesome. So I just, I really love that. And I can't imagine not being able to give other people
1: that level of um, gratitude for life and what it can offer us. That is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, a huge pain point for people, I think is what is my purpose? And I feel like so many people, if they don't know what it is, feel like they're failing in some way. And something I'm trying to learn is it might not always be clear, but if you're working toward what feels aligned with your heart, you're going in the right direction. And honestly, I think when you have it, just like you said, you can't keep it in. Like when, when it's finally clear or the pathway is clear of which direction to even go towards, it's like, how can I, how can I tell everybody I know about this? (laughs) Exactly. And in saying that too you're right people do have unrealistic
0: expectations of how it's meant to look it's to remember this is not something that we're taught in school you know we're kind of taught how to function in society just normal Mm -hmm. society but we're never really taught about purpose not because it's not valuable it's just it's a different it's a different education system that's a different school um so the other challenge that comes with it is we have all this brain noise, and again, the shoulds and the have tos that come forward, because of all the observations that we've had in life, you know, we have teachers telling us we do, we have religions telling us how to live, we have parents, we have siblings, we have, then we have co-workers and colleagues, we have society, so there's all these groups of individuals on a small scale to a large scale telling us how to live our life, and this is where it's a challenging journey, in a sense, because it's us doing this inner work to ensure that we're cutting through all that noise of all the shoulds have to supposed tos must from literally billions of people some very close and some very far and embracing what's most important to us which isn't an easy path I mean we see it with individuals out there who are building great things and doing great things I know Oprah Winfrey didn't have the simplest path in life I know Elon Musk it's not the simplest thing to get everything he's getting done launched, right? But because it's something that's truly aligned with them, they did whatever it took and facing those challenges didn't overcome them because it was that purposeful. And that's why it's important. The more that you're connected with that vision, the less all those voices on the outside can get you to
1: stop you brought up a good point again there with just kind of, um, retouching on the, the mom guilt feeling, you know, that guilt feeling. And a lot of it comes from these outside sources that are projecting what they think is right on you. And then you might have something that just doesn't sit right. doesn't feel aligned. And that does feel guilty. You know, you're feeling like yes, I love my kid, but I don't, I don't need to be with them 24 seven. Like I want to pursue my own passions, um, and have, and have some things that are, that are mine. And so I think, can you speak on that at all? Just, just kind of going back to that mom guilt feeling and like why it's important for women to have something also outside of their kids.
0: Yeah. And this is cool too, because part of the guilt is because we perceive we're letting the kids down. Right. And I remember Mm -hmm. I was working with a parent who was really trying so hard to get the business launched. It was up to them to make the money and they were getting very stressed out because they were having a hard time disconnecting from the kids when they could see how just disconnecting from kids also helped them build independence. Right. They're forced to go figure out how to do things on their own. They're not relying on you as much. They're going to learn from other sources. That individual got really inspired and wound up so funny because he's just they were just going to hire one nanny, but they hired two nannies because they're like, This one's going to teach him this, and this one's going to teach him that, and then I'll definitely have time for work. And I was going to do one, but I really wanted to split it between the two because of the education they could get. And so it's cool because it's to see that when they're separated from you, they actually have the opportunity to connect with someone and pick people that you're inspired by with something that you would love your kids to learn. You know, if it's another language, find a nanny or some help that can teach them another language. Um, If it's someone who loves to read or artistic or creative, like that's actually something that you get to pick and you can design. So that's a pretty cool component as well. So seeing for the kids, like how it actually serves them to get this multifaceted education experience, be away from you, gain that independence. You'll start to realize, wow, if I have my kids around too much, They're going to be dependent on me and they're going to be a little bit coddled and they're not going to grow to the degree that i want them to i want them to be challenged enough to grow so giving them that challenge to grow is really really important and then just giving yourself permission it's like realizing as well as i said is live by example if you want your kids to live their most inspiring life they might not be as inspired to do it if they don't know what that looks like and the person that they're gonna be around the most, no matter what is you. So if you give them examples of what that looks like and why it's important to follow and pursue your vision and your purpose, they'll see and realize, wow, this is important too. Like I could see, I want a piece of that. I want to feel like that when I grow up. Or if you're not doing that, you're going to get stuck in kind of this life of duty that I talk about, right? Where you wake up every day doing things that you have to, should, need to. You're going to be more drained. You're not going to have as much energy. You're going to be excited to get the day done. You're going to dread the day when you wake up. And that's what you'll be giving to your kid instead. That's what you're going to teach your kid life is like. So this is up to you live by example, challenge your kid with their independence so that you can actually push them to have that life. That's inspiring. Give them what you would love to have them have show them how that's done because the kids will follow.
1: Yeah, I think so often I've heard the phrase um things are, what is it, things are caught more than taught for kids. And so that is just huge living by example. Like you really do have to show your priorities by doing it. Um, by, you know, even even aside from maybe small business or or work, but you self-care, you know, you have to show your kids like, hey, I'm gonna take this hour, I'm gonna go take a bath and you're going to be fine or whatever, you know, obviously age appropriate, but, um, yeah, just even that is something that's so important for them to see. I'm going to go for a run. Um, you know, whatever it is, just being able to take care of yourself and show that that's important too. your health, your mental health, your physical health.
0: That's a really great example, too, because even that me time, even kids want me time.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I see it with my nieces because they're twins and they have the best time together. They're so cute when they play together. I know anybody who's listening to us twins is like, yep, I got it. Um, but also, even though they have the best time together, they also have individual interests. So I'll see them play together and they might be together for like most of the day, but then all of a sudden they separate and they want to do their own thing. So if you're showing them that it's okay to do your own thing, like you're giving your kids permission to do the same thing too. So they get to tap into hanging out with their best friend all day, but they also get to tap into their own individuality, which as we know as adults is incredibly important because where do we feel the most comfortable in our individual authentic self? Mm -hmm. You know, so giving your kids as well to have some alone time, have some me time, some personal self-reflection time in whatever they love to do. And funny enough, they do it. They take their alone time. It's really cool to watch.
1: Yeah, they really do. I remember my, my daughter at one point, we, um, she was home and, uh, she stopped napping. It was like, I'm done with naps. She was like two and a half years old. And I was like, no, you're not doing naps, but just giving her that, like, here's your quiet time is what we said. And she could do whatever she wanted to do, but it was just kind of quiet. She was doing it on her own. Um, you know, not guided or aided by anybody. And, yeah. It's really fascinating to see, like she would keep herself busy. She would read all the books, you know, she would do puzzles, whatever. It was awesome.
0: I love that. And she's using her imagination. She's got
1: no outside influence. So everything gets to come from within, in those moments. So it's a beautiful example. Awesome. Now you talked about, you have a workshop. Can you explain some of that? Yes. Yeah, so we have a couple workshops.
0: workshops. Um, one of the ones that I was talking about is the, well, we do that process actually in every workshop because it's so important. <laughs> and also the process where you're asking the questions around your uh, purpose, right? As I was saying, all that brain noise in there, mm-hmm. like you'll actually get a pretty good solid idea of what your purpose is after answering the questioner one time. But we have our clients, especially we have repeat clients who come um, to basically every workshop and they do it every time. And we refine, 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 because when you get so close to what that purpose actually is, you'll actually, your heart will open and you'll have a tear of inspiration and gratitude. And you'll actually, you'll cry like with gratitude Mm -hmm. for looking at that and being like, oh my gosh, that's my mission. That's my purpose. So that's why we do it so many times. We want you guys that to refine so, it like crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. So powerful. <laughs> it's so powerful. And then also in um, the workshop, the main one that we do is the traits of the great. And we, we call it the great because you are the great. And what we do is we help to clear that brain noise the shoulds, supposed tos, have to must so we actually go through a process during that weekend we teach it but we also go through with you so it's not a workshop where you know we're kind of going to be jumping up and down and doing all this crazy stuff like we're going to get to work because at the end of the workshop we really want you to walk away with a lot of those shoulds have to supposed tos out of your head and a clear Mm -hmm. goal on what your vision is
1: so that you could just start to take action steps to move forward That's awesome. Where can people find you Carly? On my website is the
0: best. So yeah, you go to my website, carlypeppin.com and then all my social media
1: outlets are there and all the workshop details and contact info. That's awesome. I will definitely put that also in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to talk about?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So let's see, you know, another big challenge that I find is just with kids and having parents right is the relationship between the two parents so each parent has a unique set of values and a unique purpose and they will not be the same they might have some similarities but there's also going to be enough differences that when they put them together it's kind of like you guys are the perfect balance (laughs) (laughs) All the things that you don't want to do, basically your spouse does. So a big challenge, even in relationships is when kids come along, things shift, things change and unrealistic expectations start to be put on one or the other, like the spouse. And that's where a lot of fighting can occur. A lot of challenges can occur. And that causes kind of rifts in the family dynamic. So not just doing the work as yourself, as a mom, but also making sure that you're connecting and understanding who your partner is, understanding what their value are. It's great to see how it aligns with who you are, what your values are, so that you don't have any unrealistic expectations on them. And they don't have any on you. Because the truth is, is that nobody is going to fulfill your unrealistic expectations. That's basically what you think they should be and not who they are. And we all want to be loved and appreciated for who we are. So being able to kind of overcome those perceptions and unrealistic expectations will reconnect you to your partner in a really beautiful way. Because I know that's a big challenge that come through like, you're thinking about kids, you're working on kids and that's just in the background all the time no matter what. And then all of a sudden if you have a challenge with your spouse, like that could be really that could be really hard and draining on all areas of life. So it's a really important one to focus and pay attention to as well. And how are you treating that as well? Like making sure that you spend time with your spouse, it's not all about the kids. Get a babysitter,
1: go out, make sure you stay connected as a couple too. That one's really important. I think you hit it on the head saying everybody wants to be seen for who they are. And yeah. oftentimes, especially, you know, if there's already some underlying tensions or anything like that, you throw kids on top of it and it is, it is tricky to navigate. Um, but I think getting back to the root of that is just, you want to be treated for who you really are and love yeah. for who you really are. Absolutely. And when you do
0: that for your partner, they're more likely to show up and do it for you as well really doing it. Yeah. Not having the unrealistic expectations and shooting them, telling them what they need to do, what they have to do, who they're supposed to be. Cause we don't want that either.
1: Beautiful. What would you say is your superpower? Uh,
0: okay. So every, uh, this is fun. Cause this is everyone has their, you know, superpower. It's your purpose. It's your values. And the reason why, and this is funny, cause this is, this actually is funny. Because um, our values and our purpose come from our biggest voids, which means the thing that that challenged us the most, and we had the hardest time with, because we felt such a void in it, it became so purposeful to fulfill that void. And that's actually what's in alignment with your purpose. So your biggest pains from the past actually form your purpose from the present. So your superpower is also the thing that you feel the most inept at at times. (laughs) Um, And it's really cool because you spend the most time, energy, you fill your space, you spend the most money. You know, we talked about that investing in your education around that specific part of your purpose. You have a confirmation bias around it. You'll often talk to people and you'll say something. You'll be like, well, it just didn't occur to me that they, they wouldn't know that. I thought everyone knew that. What you think is common sense is actually you dedicating into your life purpose and what's most important to you. So that's why I say like find your purpose and go after it. If you want to create a business, create a business around your purpose because it truly is your superpower. It's all of our superpowers. We're spending the most time and energy investing in that area of life. And it's like, okay, well, how can I actually create an income off of that
1: and help other people with it as well? So your superpower is your purpose. That makes so much sense. And you think about it in this world of like social media, You know, we talk about how the comparison game is really strong and it really can be a detriment to everybody because they feel like, oh, I don't have that. I don't have that. But like If you really just go after your purpose and serve the population and serve your, what you felt like is your deficit, that that's it. Yeah.
0: That's perfect. And you might not even want the things that you're seeing on social media. You just think that's what you should do or supposed to do or whatever, but you might not even want it. Warren Buffett's a great example. He's one of the wealthiest guys on the planet. And if we look at his lifestyle, like he eats at McDonald's like once a day and he spoils himself and gets two sandwiches when the market's doing well, only one sandwich when it's doing bad. And it's like, you're a billionaire and you're worried about spending like $4 worth two. <laughs> And I'm like, and I, I have a really high value on health. So I'm like buying all organic and I probably spend way more than you can imagine on food. So um, it's really understanding too. It's like giving yourself permission. What's the lifestyle that's really important to you? Cause it might not be what you ever expected and do what you love and design that life to your lifestyle. Not all the things that you think it should be that
1: Instagram or social media is showing you. That's so perfect. <laughs> oh my goodness. How funny. I feel like I have some homework to do is to look at my bank account. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, just really, I feel like kind of writing out yeah my purpose as far as things that I feel like have been my biggest transformational shifts.
0: Yeah, and um, one more thing I'd love to share with people is the the more that you map out your vision the more that your direction will flow into that. If you don't have that part of your vision mapped out, the universe is going to step in and fill up your time and fill up your life. The more detail that you add, the more likely that that detail is going to unfold. So figure it out and spend some time mapping it out, visualize it and dive into it. It's actually
1: really an inspiring exercise. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog post about visualization exercises because of how The normal person thinks, oh, that's really silly. But then you look at high level athletes that that is their daily practice of visualizing success and how they do each thing and what it's going to feel like to win, what it's going to smell like to win, what it's going to, you know, like all those things, they like literally go through bit by bit and look at, they're such a high level athlete. Like, so why shouldn't we be taking that on as a practice as well?
0: That's amazing. And I would pop that in the links too, so that people could go and refer yeah. to it right away. Yes, please. <laughs> Cause some people, like, I remember when I first tried visualization, I was like, how do I do this? Um, so just having, yeah, pop that blog post in. So people have that too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Will uh, do. <laughs> I do want to thank you so much for showing up today. My, I always feel like the most costly thing that anyone can do this day and age is be real and authentic. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. My mission is to encourage you in that whatever season you are in, you can live with purpose and fulfillment. I want every mama to feel empowered with the ability to create change in order to be living your best life. A wonderful, free, and easy way to support this podcast is to follow and subscribe. What that does for you is bookmarks this podcast at the top of your page, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will also update to show you the latest episode released. What that does for me is it gives me the chance to be ranked in the podcast charts. Please also leave a star rating or a review. Not only does this help boost the credibility of the podcast, it also helps new listeners get a better understanding of the show. Plus, it gives me feedback on how I can make the show more enjoyable for all of you. There is a chance that I may read your review on a future episode. As a reminder, new episodes will be posted every Thursday. If you're interested at all on being on the podcast, please check out jillgsutton.com podcast. I'd love to have you on the show. Your voice can change the world.